and welcome to episode eight of That Book Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Julianne. And I'm Andrew. And we have a roller coaster of a ride in terms of reads this week. Wow, that it might be a little bit of a strong statement, but we do have a little bit of everything. We got some poetry, we got some young adult fiction, we also have a mystery, not only a mystery book that we read, but a book that is a mystery until the end. So uh-huh. pretty cool. Stick around for that. And let's jump into those books. All right. So my first book is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. It's a Hunger Games novel. It's it's about Coriolanus Snow. I practice saying that name a lot. Coriolanus Snow, the villain of the Hunger Games movies. Okay. And it's not about him 60 years later than this book takes place. That was a confusing way to say that. This is about him as an 18-year-old. He's graduating high school, or the equivalent in the in the universe. Graduating high school, trying to get, has big aspirations for what to do. Obviously, we know that he'll eventually become president. Or if he didn't, I'm so sorry, but The Hunger Games <laughs> have been out for a while. And the movies were really popular. So anyway, uh, Coriolanus Snow and... I really, I, I read it super, super fast. Um, it's 500 pages and I read it in, I think, four days because I was addicted. Uh-huh. The first two thirds were very riveting. I, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. The last third was a little bit slower. There wasn't quite as much stuff going on and it got a little bit grungier uh-huh. and darker. And I was like, I don't, <laughs> I guess I knew this is probably where this book was going to be going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good read. It... There's a, it's Hunger Games. I, this is my first Hunger Games book. I've read only saw the movies and uh, having the gruesome de- events of the Hunger Games because there's a Hunger Games. The 10th Hunger Games is kind of what this, this book starts out surrounding with, uh, being surrounded by and the center of the book. And having those like described, some of those events described so you can picture it is a little bit gruesome. Uh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, my mom's a nurse and she is great with blood. I look at blood and I'm like, ah! Get that away from me. Yeah. So Sometimes I talk about blood and you're like, ew, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, how how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. So that, that it was a little bit tough at points, but it was still riveting. Um, and uh, definitely, definitely worth um, the read if you are interested in The Hunger Games or um, everything I just described, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably won't be reading it just because it sounded a little too intense yeah. for my preferences, but... Yeah, you enjoyed it. Yep. Yep, yep. All right, what's your first book? All right, my book that I have is uh, Selected Poems by Emily Dickinson. I have actually been reading this book for a couple of years now. And uh, when I say for a couple of years now, I mean that I started it a couple of years ago. And then I really only read it when I was in the mood to read poetry. How often is that? Well... It's probably more often than I read this book, but I would forget about it. And so then I would never think like, oh, am I in the mood to read poetry? And mm-hmm. so I, I would not read it. So um, we were assembling our bookshelf in our office last weekend, which was very yes. exciting. Which if you are watching the YouTube video, you can see right behind me. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So Andrew built this bookshelf for us and we had had a lot of books that we had just left in boxes when we moved because we knew he was going to be building this. And we didn't really want to crowd the rest of our bookshelves in the house. And so um, I found this um, poetry book in one of the boxes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I made it quite a ways through there. 
I should finish it. I should read it because I did really enjoy it. So um, I thought maybe I should read a couple of excerpts that I enjoyed. A couple of them were from when I first started reading this Uh because I was doing a much better job of like highlighting things. (laughs) I like made one of the pages decorative and everything. I was super into it, which is probably also why I ran out of a little steam too, because that's a little bit of an investment. But I did just finish it and I didn't really even highlight at the end. I just dog-eared a couple pages that I liked. I did. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I don't think this is the one I was going to read. I think I was going to read this one. Um, Um, right there. Yeah. Yes. There's a box around it. So I think there's a box around it. That's a good sign. Yes. Um, He ate and drank the precious words. His spirit grew robust. He knew no more that he was poor, nor that his frame was dust. He danced along the dingy days, and this bequest of wings was but a book. What liberty a loosened spirit brings. Aww. I know. Isn't that nice? Is that about... So I'm horrible about understanding poetry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that means books raise the spirit. Yeah, he's like... he, He read a book and he forgot that his life was miserable. And then he lived a happier life. Aw. Okay, good. I, then I, I think I, I did okay there. I also highlighted this one, which is, what I love about it is that it's 1800s breakup poetry. That's what, that's what you wrote in the margin right there. Yep, that's what I wrote. <laughs> so I'm going to read a little bit of it. I won't read all of it. I just loved it. I was like, if this is Taylor Swift 200 years ago. <laughs> oh, no. Now I'm scared. Heart, we will forget him. You and I tonight. You may forget the warmth he gave. I will forget the light. When you have done, pray tell me, that I my thoughts may dim. Haste, lest while you're lagging, I may remember him. <laughs> yep. Just imagine, like, Taylor Swift or somebody singing that. That is 1800s breakup party right uh-huh. there. Yep. Uh, yep, I love it. Okay, and then one more, because I thought... Not that one, because I don't understand that one. That's why I dog it. <laughs> um, one more, just a little bit of it, because I thought I should probably do something that's a little more recent okay. for me. Um, okay. Uh Summer begins to have the look, peruser of enchanting book, reluctantly but sure perceives, again upon the backward leaves. Autumn begins to be inferred by the millinery of the cloud, or deeper color in the shawl that wraps the everlasting hill. Aww. I know. So beautiful. Yeah, do you know what that one's about? I feel like being in nature, I just got nature-y vibes. I know, a lot of her poetry is like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like, I want to go to the Grand Canyon now, or something. Yes, in the fall. In the fall. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anytime, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it probably really matters the Grand Canyon what season you go because it's yeah. a desert. But anyway. Anyway. Well, it's all, yeah, it's always beautiful. It can get cold there. Uh, so our next book, we finished together. We talked about it last week. It was an Agatha Christie book, um, Cat Among the Pigeons. Yes. And, uh... and Julianne had said that she had the romance nailed. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Looking and... like it. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely thought about it. Yeah. And then um, Agatha Christie just reminds me that I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, as always, all the pieces are there. Uh-huh. Every once in a great while, you know, once once every 10 books, I'll go, hey, those pieces seem seem a little suspicious. Uh, l- let me think about that. And then that's what actually ended up happening. But we didn't get it this time. Right. I'm... I'm... I feel like um, with Agatha, Christ- sorry, with Agatha Christie books, I hardly ever know for sure what it is, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I'll like make a prediction or two and be like, I think this is it, but more often than not, it's like this meme I saw on the internet, which was like, 
me suspecting everyone as I go through a mystery book. Me at the end. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> but, like, that's the problem, right? Is yep. like, everybody is a suspect. Yep. And you just, you don't know. There's a reason she's the queen of cozy mysteries. Oh, absolutely. Oh, she's yeah. amazing. So, anyway, that was really good. Highly mm-hmm. recommend. And on to my next book. Yes. Which is The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Senior. And... Uh, and you've read this book before. I, I know, like, for our first episode, you, you had read it. Um, I, yeah, it was a few episodes back. I don't remember okay. exactly what episode. Um, and if it is the first episode, you are very correct. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't read it in a little bit. Um, but I, so I picked it back up, and I read another um, chapter or so. And it's, you know, it's not a super long read. There's a couple hundred pages, and the... The pages are, are relatively small, and a lot of those pages are filled with, you know, like like uh, like this as you as you see here if you're on on the video. But this one page just says, "Ask one question at a time, just one question at a time," in yeah. like really fif- large. in like fifty uh, fifty point font. Uh, so, but it's a it's a really good a really good read, and it reminds me not to give advice and try to fix problems. Um, as much as there are some problems that you just need to fix, right? Like, where is this? How do I do this? You know, but mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm struggling with this thing. Oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Uh, not only does it help in the workplace, which I actually don't get a lot of practice in right now, um, <laughs> but it helps in relationships. It's helped me be more empathetic or at least find better ways of expressing my empathy um, and helped me listen to you. Uh, more rather than just be like, why don't you just do this thing and everything will be fixed? And you're like, that's not the point, Andrew. Uh, so we've been we've been having. Uh, uh, I, I hope that it's been working, um, and so it's encouraging me to listen, and it also helps me to like. I kind of ask myself these questions, um, some of the questions. The one I read about this week was, "What's the challenge here for you?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's uh, he calls it the focus question. Okay. At least I think that one was the focus question, and okay. uh, yes, it is, and. Uh, so when you're when I'm like, ah, why, why am I feeling overwhelmed? You know, what's actually going on here? What's the challenge here for me? Um, so it's been, it's been uh, really helpful and it's a, it's a fun little book and he's pretty entertaining. So that's uh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually am not going to go again because oh. I did read another book this week, mm-hmm. but that is my slideshow. Ooh. So, so we got to wait another, another couple minutes while I go through my last book. Right. Yeah. Cause you have another one, right? Before we unveil your slideshow. Yes. Oh, that's very mysterious and fun. Uh, <laughs> yes, I continued my audiobook of Outliers. I did not finish it this week because I did not have as many uh, projects I was doing that allowed me to be listening to it the whole time. Because I finished the bookshelf. That's I can I help. I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I did go through through a fair amount of it, and it's the book is just really interesting. the The research that he does, how different all of the examples he gives are. So, so one of the, the chapters I, was, I, I listened to this week was about like the highest IQ guy in the world or very close to the highest IQ. It's like 190 or something. Mm-hmm. And I think Einstein's was 150. Okay. Yeah, so he's like a genius. Mm-hmm. But because of his, and he talked about this other study that somebody did where he only valued IQ and he took the highest IQ people from basically the whole state of California or something. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but they didn't have as much success as you would think, given how much our culture attributes success to IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was related to your upbringing. Um, specifically, he, he talked about how there's a mindset shift between like lower class and then middle and upper class f- 
families as far as like um, activities. Like you're gonna get a, you're gonna do all these activities so you can learn a lot of lessons and and be prepared for college and get a good job and have a good career and have a good family, right? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the 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 major focus um, that a lot of middle and upper class families have is what he was is what he was saying, and that some lower class families just kind of um, they're just doing their thing, just enjoying life, um, which is great, but also doesn't lead to as much success to IQ ratio. Um, apparently he, he explained it much better okay, uh, than I, was I like, did there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Cause I'm like, like that sounds, everyone. yeah. Uh, he's like, there are obviously exceptions and, uh, uh, and, and all that, but yeah, he's, it was a general rule. There's a lot of general rules that he was talking about. And then he kind of combines all the general rules to see, uh, if they correlate to these situations that, that create, uh, outliers. Okay. Like, uh, during the depression era, mm-hmm. there were like a ton of people and then they did not have a very many kids. And there were a bunch of kids, like the, like the gen, there were two generations that were very huge. And in the middle, there was a smaller generation. Uh-huh. And so that smaller generation actually had a lot more opportunities than either generation on either side because of, uh, the systems that needed to be in place for the generation on each side. So they couldn't just adjust all the systems cause they needed it for like that whole, stretch of time but the generation in the middle got there were more jobs open you know there were more opportunities um, yeah. and stuff like that so i was like huh so a lot of these things that he's talking about um very interesting uh he even talked about how uh to stop airplane accidents oh yeah how people found out that basically however much you fail to question authority mm-hmm. or the, the 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 pilots and the the crew fail to question you know how many times the crew fails to question the decision making of the pilot in dire circumstances uh, directly leads to uh, accident, like like their unwillingness to question the crew, to question the pilot, uh, leads to more accidents because the pilot is just one guy and he has a lot of stuff going on, and so if there's there's some emergencies going on, he can't take care of all those things. That's what the crew's there for. But if they're not willing to question him, uh, then bad things can happen. Okay. Uh, so. A lot of, lot of fascinating stories that he explains did, much, much better than Did me. you just, like, tell the whole chapter that you read? Um, that was, like, three chapters, I think. Okay. Um, and those were just some examples. There was also a fascinating one about, um, like, some tribal cultures in it, the South. It's so, okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leave people something to read yeah, if they want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's slideshow time now, right? Yes, it, well, oh. it is. Book recap time. Book recap time. Slideshow, whatever. Yes, yeah. it is very fun. You can, Julianne uh, has been putting the the uh, slideshows that she make, that we make into the show notes. So if you want to see those, uh, you can definitely take a look. Um, yeah, they're on our website, thatbookpodcast.com. That helps. Uh, I know that some of the YouTubes, you can't really see them very well. So I thought it's easier if you can just look at them yourself. Yeah, I think the first slideshow I did, I was so concerned about how much yours was in the YouTube screen. But my first slideshow was like only half. <laughs> yeah, so, so we are we are learning our lessons and trying to fix our mistakes yes. as much as we can. So I don't know if people will be able to see it if I set it on our laps. I think I, put it on the books on our laps. Okay, and that I sounds think we'll good. We'll be okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Are you my Vanna White? Uh, I guess so. You can see what me being a Vanna White looks like. <laughs> um, okay. So the book that I read this week 
I'm doing my book recap on is Take Back Your Power, 10 New Rules for Women at Work by Deborah Liu. Do you know how to say her? I think that's what I think that's right. Okay, cool. How long it took me to read this book? Guess. Uh, Five months. I said four. Four? Yeah. Yeah, because I think I started it in December. Okay, nice. So good. That's awesome. Yes. Number of highlights, 36. 36. Number wow. of notes, five. Oh. Um, and I don't think I made you listen to any of it. Maybe I did. I can't remember. I think twice. Twice? Okay. Towards the beginning. So, or maybe you were just talking about it. I do talk about it quite a bit, yeah. so I, I didn't remember. Um, I didn't include that as a stat, though, officially. I just included number of dog-eared pages because I need to go back and act on some of her advice. Oh. One. Only one? Only one. Oh, Most well, of the other stuff well, I tried to just well, act on right away. What was that advice? Um, it's a little morbid. Do you still want to hear it? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, in one of the chapters, she talks about how you need to... Um, know what you want to accomplish in your life. And one of the exercises one of her professors had her do in grad school was write an obituary. Oh. And so she's like, okay, like you do that. You think like, how do I want to be remembered? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of work backward from that. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard people say that. Mm-hmm. But it seems fine. It does seem fine. <laughs> it does. I was, I, had just... I just didn't know how you were going to react when I started talking about <laughs> writing an obituary. So okay. I, Wanted to practice that. I did just read a Hunger Games book. Yeah, that's true. So that was much more mild. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see days, though, like if you were talking about that exercise, me going, but you're not going to die. We're going to live <laughs> to be super old. So anyway. Fair enough. Okay. Emotions while reading. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, first of all, Empowered. I said that was 45%. Wow. that is most of the book. It's very encouraging, just empowering, gives you really practical advice. Nice. Um, hopeful, 25%. Curious, 15%. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, 15%. <laughs> what? Okay, so maybe this is not an emotion. <laughs> But so many of her examples relate back to her time at Facebook or people that she knew when she worked at Facebook that like, it just sort of became an emotion where like, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, this person seems interesting. Oh, Facebook. (laughs) Oh, this person seems interesting. I wonder how she knows about them. Oh, Facebook. Oh, Facebook. So. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was still a great book, but But it like Facebook becomes an emotion while you're reading it. (laughs) And I don't know how to explain it. That's really funny. But it's like a mix of like disappointment and like, oh yeah, I expected that. That makes sense. Oh, that's that doesn't seem very good. But it delivers on the power part. Yes, yes, it okay, does. Good. It does. Um, okay. Overall enjoyment. Um, okay. And I do need you to be Vanna White again okay. and hold up the cover for the anyone cover. that may be watching us on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe it will be not no one, but you can Google this book and see what the cover looks like. Or click later. the link in the show notes. Because my scale is um, based on this cover that is actually very visually striking, but I still don't know what this pinkish red thing is. It looks like one of those chalk explosions. Oh, a chalk explosion. I think it's chalk. I just It just has that texture. Here's what my scale is. Okay. On a scale of, is this pink thing blood, or is it some sort of paint or dye, this book is tie-dye. Is that a good thing? Yeah. You don't want it to be blood. 
Do and it. you're hoping it's a little more intentional. So it's like tie-dye. It's like over on the dye side of the spectrum, and it's like intentional, but also just cool. So it's a pretty cool, yeah. intentional book. Yeah, yeah. Full of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like tie-dye is hippies. Hippies are very... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and this book is about like women taking back like women empowerment basically right like in a yeah I mean I I don't want to say it that way because that brings up a lot of things that people maybe don't like or aren't comfortable with right and I don't think that there's really anything in this book that should make someone uncomfortable unless they have like reasons that they should be uncomfortable basically Mm. um but because she talks a lot about um and actually, let me just do my last slide and then we can oh, talk okay. a little bit nice. about that because Great. my last slide is what I'm going to do now that I've read it. Um, and the first thing is not give myself a free pass. And a free pass is something that she describes as, I don't remember who came up with it. It's, it's not original to her, but she says um, it's, it's a situation where you basically, um, you give up your power to a circumstance or to other people in the room. So you... Um, you know, you go to a meeting and you don't contribute anything because you, um, don't think that you're qualified or you don't think that they'll listen. Well, that is giving up your power Mm -hmm. basically. So it's not like when you use the word power, that can be a very, um, emotionally charged word, I guess. And so it's not like I'm going to take over everything and I'm going to dominate every conversation. It's more like every one of us has something that we bring to the table We have something that we can contribute. We have leadership energy. We have creative energy. We have, um, we just, um, we bring value to the table, but sometimes we let other people, um, take that value away or we let circumstances take that value away because we don't, um, speak up for ourselves or we don't believe in ourselves or, um, we just let our life be run in such a way that we, we don't have the impact that we want to have. So really when she's talking about power, I think if you read the whole book, it sort of feels more like she's talking about the impact that you want to have mm. um, or, or the impact that you do have. Nice. And so that's, that's your power to like influence other people. Yeah. And it's geared towards women, right? Yeah. It is geared toward women. How like, is it worth, is it a worthwhile read for guys? Um, I think that guys could probably learn some things from it mm-hmm. for sure, but I don't think that most of the things that she talks about are as relevant to as many guys, right? Like there's one chapter on your partnership at home um, where she talks about the second shift, which is where um, women work and they come home and they still have like the majority of the child rearing or housekeeping and or housekeeping responsibilities. Mm. So it's like a second full-time job once Mm. they get home. And while men may help, traditionally, the stuff that they help with is not every day. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, every once in a while, like, you know, taking out the trash or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I think if you were a guy reading that, your takeaway might be like, oh, yeah, I should help my wife more. But all of the examples are geared towards women. Right. Nice. All the examples are geared toward women. So. But good book. It's a great book. <laughs> yep. So um, some of my other takeaways from this book. Oh. Let Andrew help me around the house. Because oh. sometimes I have trouble with that. <laughs> I feel like I should do all of it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do the laundry. And you're like, wait, no, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do it and I forgot. You can't do that and make me feel like a failure. Yeah. Which he does it anyway, which is a credit to him. But uh, That I make you feel like a failure? No. <laughs> no, that you help me even though I don't always think I should want it. Um, 
And then uh, think about, and then, sorry, my other takeaway was to think about the legacy I want to leave, which I talked a little bit about that as well. But nice. I think that's the last slide. Oh, I did say I highly recommend if you are a woman in the workforce that you read this book because I wasn't sure that the oh, wow. scale would necessarily get that message across, but yeah. I didn't I didn't know what other scale to use. <laughs> so. Is that it? That's it. All right. Uh, thank you for hanging around for another episode of That Book Podcast, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hello, and welcome to episode eight of That Book Podcast. I'm Julianne. And I'm Andrew. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say.